0: Hi, this is Aya Levy, and this is my chapter of As the Story Grows. What would you say you do here?
1: Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! Yeah. What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want to be realistic. What do you love about music? I am being realistic. As the story grows...
2: Welcome back to the next chapter of As The Story Grows. My name's Trav. Good morning. I hope all is well. It is Sunday morning, February 28th, and I didn't get a lot of work done last night because uh, my daughter suckered me into watching Fuller House with her. And down the rabbit hole we went, and I sat there and watched a couple episodes and then fell asleep on the couch. So here I am, very, very, very early Sunday morning, sipping the coffee. playing you guys a little bit of a slaves bc's new album so you guys could hear a little bit of that new album just came out this past week or so on veritas Vital called all is dust and i am nothing happy little ditty from josh and our friends in slaves bc from pittsburgh uh just wanted to play a little bit of it because it's good stiff got another patreon dude to thank jerry adams stepped up to the plate and uh handed a little bit of forked a little money over into the podcast to help us out with production costs great dude played a little bit of his band our fathers on an episode quite some time ago don't even remember which one it was on but uh i'm gonna put a link in there to our fathers in the in the show notes so you guys can go check him out super cool guy Really nice. Been emailing with him back and forth. Nice dude. Community is growing. Spreading all the way to the West Coast. Well, it already was on the West Coast. Spreading out on the West Coast again. Speaking of Patreon, blah, 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 blah. Speaking of iTunes reviews, blah, 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 blah. you guys fill in the blanks, you know, there's, there's, there's links in the notes, you know where to go if you're interested in doing any of that stuff. If not, let's get down to business. email from brian roca of fresno media pr this is the same guy that led me to my conversation with joey sturgis and here's the email that he sent me hey trav it's brian from fresno media for your boy joey sturgis i hope all has been pretty good with you so today i'm writing for the podcast booking consideration of guitarist, producer, engineer, and overall nice dude, Ya Levi. He's worked with the Contortionist, August Burns Red, Whitechapel. Now, there's some bands I think you all have heard of, right? He's working with the UK's Metal Studs, Monuments. If you guys have ever heard Monuments, they're a phenomenal band. Like, up my alley with the tech metal stuff. Totally love Monuments. Okay, he didn't type that. That was me ad-libbing, but... um. And he says via our comrades at Creative Live, they're going to be providing quote unquote students with behind the scenes look at the recording process with the metal recording boot camp. So it's an online course that starts with a live stream on Monday, March 7th, and goes all the way through to April. It's a daily, taped, hour-long, couple hour long session. It'll be broadcast online. It will go in depth behind monuments, recording a track from scratch, behind the glass from LA's Clear Lake Recording Studios. The band and Levi start in pre-production and work to recording all the instruments, to recording, editing vocals, and close out with mixing and mastering the song. On the date April 1st, on the final April 1st date, Al will conduct a live wrap-up as well as analyze mixes submitted by students. So check that out. He's actually going online and showing how a band goes all the way from setting up, miking drums, choosing the right heads for the toms, uh, doing all the stuff that guitarists do to make guitars sound like guitars, like all the the under-the-hood, nerdy, techie, how-do-you-make-metal, all the way through to mixing and mastering the song. And then they're actually going to give the raws to to the people, to the students, and let them master it too and then they're going to go through and critique it and you'll hear how he speaks about how it isn't like oh your mix sucks boot there's nothing like that it's really like everybody come to the table here's what you got to offer you can learn it's all like just a, a, a place of just where metal heads come together and say here here's what I did how do you think I can improve upon it you know it's got the right attitude kind of reminds you of metal Bandcamp camp gift club doesn't it so I'm super stoked that I was just sitting there one day, and I get this email. Hey, we want to talk on your podcast about this. So I got an opportunity to talk to him. Let's talk a second about a yell. Dude, this guy was in Dath. He was a live touring guitarist with Arsis. This dude's worked with Whitechapel, uh, August Burns Red, The Contortionist, Monuments. I mean, another one with just... a. Crazy laundry list of a resume, and I think you all should listen to what he has to say. We get we get candid, as as we do here on As A Story, and um, he gets uh, technical, which I also like. I like talking to industry people and hearing about what's going on under the hood. I think you guys are going to love this conversation. I threw some of his band in there. I threw uh, a Monument song in there so that you guys can understand the type of band that's going to be involved in this creative live uh, metal boot camp thing. And that's that. Let's get, uh, get started with it. Stoked about this.
0: So you said you had to be honest with me? about what?
1: Oh,
2: um, I think, uh, when I talk to industry people who are like working in music, uh, they take this stuff a little bit more seriously. And then I'm sure you know the difference between musicians and rock stars. Mm -hmm. Not that I've spoken to many, uh, big rock stars and everything, but I think there's some people that just feel like can't be bothered because I'm just going to get on there and babble about myself anyway, you know?
0: Yeah. Uh, definitely. (laughs) but um fuck them. that's how I see it uh I don't know I take if I sign up to do something I'm probably gonna take it seriously
2: yeah exactly I appreciate that
0: <clears throat> there are some interviews that I will turn down though oh yeah yeah just cause if I know the dude is a punisher or asks really dumb questions or something <laughs> then I'm just I'm just not gonna even like say yes or respond or anything because I just don't wanna i don't want to go there
2: right I can respect that i, I I'm trying to uh I'm trying to avoid that too with the uh the dumb question stuff what does it feel what did it feel like to record at so- and-so studio um good I guess like kind of dumb shit like again I don't want to regurgitate the same thing over and over again i want i want i want to have like conversations with people you know
0: yeah, that's the good way to not get uh, ignored. Before we report back to Brian and Ryan about, um, you know, if we had a good interview or a bad one and uh-huh. stuff. Like, we, they're aware of, like, if someone's a total dumbass, like, right. they'll, we'll tell them. And then also if someone's super cool, we'll tell them, too. Right. Oh,
2: well, that helps. That helps to hear.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, As- as my dumb ass is struggling to figure out why I can't
1: hear you. A few moments later. Yep.
2: Record. Check one, two, check one, two. That meter is moving. Logic meter is moving. You can hear me. Yeah. I think everything's wonderful. Can you hear you? I can hear me. Okay, cool. Good. I sound fantastic. Uh-huh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding I'm very snarky and I hope you have a good sense of humor because yeah
0: that's how I I roll be brutal I don't care (laughs) I feel like if a joke doesn't hurt it's not a good joke
2: oh okay right. we're gonna get we're gonna get ugly gloves are coming off
0: oh I'm not I'm not gonna talk shit about people but but I I, that's just my sense of humor like uh, I I don't like um, I don't like easygoing humor I like it to I like it to be brutal
2: yeah, I I, I agree. I, I I totally agree with you because everybody can go listen to the, everybody can go to the early comedian show. But I like the ten o'clocks. So
0: you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I mean, comedy is supposed to, in my opinion, expose some sort of painful truth in uh-huh. an exaggerated way that makes it funny because it's true, uh-huh. but it's exaggerated. That's right. you know that the gap between what you're bringing up versus how you're presenting it is where the humor lies so um. I think that the more brutal and painful it is the better <laughs> of a joke it is
2: that's right that's
0: right trust me on this uh, this is Skype delay uh, we we end up just lining them up because um, the the waveforms up on the clap because uh, there's no way that Skype will be in time right We've learned this through podcasting. (laughs) Good. Do you do a lot of podcasts? Yeah, I think we're on our 50-something episode. Um, Yeah, it uh, comes out once a week. We're coming up on our year anniversary, March 15th, I believe.
2: Wow. Good for you. So,
0: Yeah, I guess so. I guess we do a
2: lot. I'm right around. I'm I'm just about on the same schedule as you. I, I, I was on a podcast before this. And the guy who started it had to tap out and I took it over around April of last year. So I'm I'm in my upper forties episodes, so
0: we're we're just about in the same timeline. Is it weekly? It is weekly. Yeah, so we do weekly, but then we have a bonus one every month. That's why we're in the fifties now and not the forties. Gotcha. But um yeah, it's <clears throat> it's definitely something to keep up with. Yeah, it is. I like it too though. I, I like doing it. I do too. Yeah, it's definitely helped us make some more friends, I guess, with people that we brought on that we didn't know before. So right, mm-hmm. it's, it's a good thing.
2: Cool. All right, so here's how we're going to start. And then after this, we're going to um, – my style is usually uh, seeing how accurate your Wikipedia page is and oh, spawning man. into conversations. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce your name.
0: Ayal. Ayal Levi. Ayal, whatever. I don't give a fuck.
2: Yeah, well, I, I I respect you enough to pronounce it right. Yeah, but I can't pronounce it right, so. Oh, you don't know how to say it. That now, now, what the hell am I supposed to do? A L. I don't know. That's not it. But I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to call you Levi. Levy. Damn it! <laughs> Son of a bitch, Sam. I'm going to call you Sam for the rest of the podcast. How about Jack? Jack. Yeah. You got it. You got it there, Jack.
0: <laughs> Crazy.
2: How about that? How you doing tonight, man? Thanks for thanks for joining me.
0: My pleasure. Uh, happy to be here. I know that Joey came on here a few episodes ago, and he said that you were intelligent and thoughtful, so uh, happy to be here. So Joey Sturgis is a liar and cannot be
2: trusted and isn't a credible person, if you said all those things.
0: Yeah, I know. That's why we work together. <laughs> that's the Sturgis kind of was, the kind person rad. I like to work with.
2: He was he was funny too, because I was like, I don't I don't even know where to start with this dude's uh with his resume. I don't know I'm I wonder how the conversation's gonna start. And he instantly jumped into like, I'm sipping a coffee, I hope you don't mind and he started talking about coffee beans and I was like, That's great. Like I bet I did I bet nobody saw that coming.
0: Yeah, well I'm drinking so, a Red Bull. That's uh, all right. I don't know. I I've been weird about coffee lately. Sometimes there's just this thing about a hot beverage, that's just like, ugh, fuck that. I just feel like I can get a lot more Red Bull faster. You know, like it, what, why are we drinking it? We're drinking it to be awake, so let's get awake uh, sooner.
2: Huh? Okay. Yeah. I. I, I don't. I don't feel that way. I'm a. I'm a coffee sipper. I got my wife bought me that old Stanley thermos, that that puke green thermos that your grandfather had. Remember those? Yes. Yes. She bought me like a a, a, a bigot for Christmas, and um
0: a bigot, huh? A bigot. A big oh, one. Okay, I was gonna say bigot, huh?
2: <laughs> Relax. I didn't say that, and you know it. Um, I I do the French press every morning. Fill that thing up exactly the way I want it, and I just nip at it all day. I don't. I don't. I love it. it. It totally works for me. I you.
0: can't do that uh, because I'll forget about it. Um, I'm that way with alcohol too. I just don't, I don't like having a drink that's going to take me a long time to get through because I'm going to lose interest and it'll get warm or it'll get cold or it'll go flat or whatever. I just like something that gets the job done quickly and lets me move on to why I want to get the job done quickly. You're
2: so. a single shot kind of a guy.
0: Yeah, um,
2: gotcha. kind of... No, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, a milk-it-out-all-day kind of a guy.
0: Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> Drink it up. Chug that shit.
2: Whiskey and ginger beer right now. And you have, an, and you have a Red Bull. Just yeah, Red
0: Bull? Just Red Bull, yeah. Okay.
2: Where are you right now? Where am I talking to you?
0: I'm in Atlanta right now. That's kind of where I reside a lot of the time. Okay. Um... I go back and forth between Orlando and Atlanta, but, uh, yeah, I like Atlanta better.
2: What the hell happened down there with the, um, inch and a half of snow that you guys got and everybody lost their shit? What, what happened down there?
0: I don't know. I didn't even notice, but the thing is that it's, everyone complains about it. Like, well, the city can't handle it, et cetera, et cetera. You know how people get, they make (laughs) fun of it and talk a lot of shit, but, Sure. It's actually planned out to be that way, um, and it makes perfect sense. In a city where you only get one day or half a day of snow every single year, right. is it really that intelligent to invest resources in, for dealing with a snow emergency or regular snowfall? It just right. doesn't make any sense. Just take take the one year of chaos. I mean, the one day of chaos, and move on with life.
2: I could not agree more. I live in uh, Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, about an hour north of Philly. Uh, A couple weeks ago, we just got 30 inches of snow in a day. It's like the second worst snowstorm we've ever had. Uh, It happened on a Saturday. Sunday, everybody recovered. And Monday, I was driving through Center City, Allentown, doing my job. And everybody bitched about how Allentown didn't do a good job uh, plowing the snow. And I was like, man, 24 hours ago, there was two and a half feet of snow on the ground and all these roads are passable
0: and everyone's complaining. People just like to bitch, man. That's they do. really what it comes down to. <laughs> and I've just noticed that it, it doesn't really always matter what the situation is. Just people like to bitch. right? I think that's really all it is. That's what le- I remember uh,
2: an interview with Lemmy, RIP. He said, uh People want to be offended. They're, they literally write things down in notebooks to remember to be offended later. That always made me laugh. He, he was, he was, he was right. It's not happy unless I'm unhappy. You know.
0: I think it's true. I definitely think there's a lot of people who have uh, programmed their uh, inner uh, autopilot to <laughs> gravitate towards things like that that uh, yeah. stress them out, and they feel validated when they're speaking out against something and by speaking out i don't mean speaking out against something that really needs speaking out against it's, you know oftentimes it's just petty bullshit but yeah there's but there's just something in a lot of people that i i mean i understand though i get it like uh it feels good to talk shit and it feels good to call things out but I feel like doing it too much is just a bad it's bad for you mentally and it's just a bad look and I hate being around people who are like that so I figured that if I'm like that people will hate being around me so I try to curb that um, but I get it but it's annoying
2: unfortunately we've all been given the power with uh, social media that we all think we have a right to hop on there and let everybody know what we think about everything
0: well it's not like human social media was invented and then humans suddenly developed this characteristic. I mean, social media was invented by humans for humans. Uh, so this is something that whoever created social media, uh, they made it easy for people to do this sort of thing. Uh, don't forget that before social media, you still had letters to the editor. you, had, you There were ways for people to write in and give their unsolicited, overly negative opinions on things. There were just less avenues for it. But that little... Uh, I did forget about that, to be honest. yeah, That's a good and, point. Yeah, this, this is not... Social media is not ruining society. Society is what it is. The human brain hasn't really evolved much, from what I understand, in <laughs> thousands of thousands of years. Like, we're, we are the same thing that we were... In the eighties, seventies, fifties, whatever, we we're the same right. people, same tendencies, same everything, and we created stuff like social media to allow us to communicate more. Well, what what do people think is going to be communicated about? It's going to be about the things that people care about the most, which is themselves and uh, whatever's the, pissing them off at the moment. The Kardashians and the Grammys. Yeah, dumb stuff. <laughs>
2: Good. Good conversation. I like that. Good point. Thanks. Fuck it. Okay. <laughs> fuck it.
0: No, I'm just kidding. No, I, don't don't kid ever. Say what you say. What's on your mind? No, I wasn't. What's I don't. I don't know why I was thinking. Fuck it. Uh, but um, because at the end of
2: it, I I have this conversation with my friend. um... At the end of everything I say, I go, I don't know,
0: dude, whatever. Yeah, well, because that's kind of how I feel about it. Because by complaining about them, I'm doing the exact thing I was talking about. And in reality, <laughs> it doesn't really piss me off that much. It's
2: yeah, I hear you. Yeah.
0: Just kind of making an observation about it. Um, I just don't like being around it in person very much.
2: Yeah. It's frustrating, and you want to voice your opinion when I'm in the middle of a conversation about it. But at the same time, there's no way I'm going to dwell on it. There's no way I'm going to stomach ulcer over this stupid shit, you know?
0: Yeah, well, but by that same token, I don't I – don't, like, for instance, I don't go online and believe praise either, um, whether it's about me or about something else. So you still there?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I kind mean,
0: of, I kind of figured that if people are idiots when they're being negative, they're also idiots when they're being positive. So, uh, huh. I'm not, I'm not going to just like be take their word for it because they're complimenting something I might like, or whatever. I definitely try to just figure it out for myself.
2: I never thought of that before. I guess you're right. If somebody is so quick to um, pull the trigger and say something stupid because
0: they don't like something, what makes them the leading authority when they do like it. That's nothing, right. Nothing at all. Um, and also, if you're in a position where you take criticism from people, um, like if you're somebody online that works online or is publicly known, then you are going to get both hate and love coming in at all times. And, right. And uh, if you're going to ignore the hate, which is what I recommend people do, um, you also kind of need to ignore the love, too. Because it doesn't, it's not a congruent way to think to say that because somebody likes you, they're cool, and because someone doesn't like you, they're an idiot. Doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. It's just better to to think they're all idiots or all their opinions are of no consequence to me, and uh, I'm just going to go on with my life and try to be happy.
2: Dude, until you say something cooler, I'm going to name this episode Ignore the Love. That's great. That's great. So now the pressure's on. You got you got about uh, you got about forty five minutes to come up with something cooler than ignore the love.
0: All right, let's keep talking. Just
2: pound that Red Bull and figure it out. Okay. <laughs> so, um, thank you, Brian Roca. Am I saying his name
0: right? Yeah, and Ryan Feldman too.
2: Thank you for um, hooking me up with uh with talking to you today. Um, super cool that that they reached out to me and said, "Hey, man, talk to this guy." Um, you have an online how to record how to record stuff thing coming up on the internet and uh, I want you to uh, I, I'll give you the floor uh, with Joey we kind of stepped through all his history and then we talked about current stuff I like to flip it up um, let's let's get this uh, let's get this in now in case someone's only listening because they're interested in what you're talking about why don't you tell me why Brian contacted me um, to talk to you today
0: Okay, well, there's a couple things I'm doing online about how to record um, and how to mix. That's kind of one of the main things I do is uh, work in that, in that area of focus. So right. two major things I've got coming up. One is uh, my site, Nail the Mix, which is nailthemix.com. I run it with Joey Sturges and Joel Wanasek and basically once a month, It's a monthly subscription, and once a month we send people raw stems, well raw audio of a session that we've recorded or mixed, and uh, our subscribers then start mixing it, and they have a mix competition um, that happens about three weeks later. Yeah, and they vote for the winner. So that's cool. Yeah, and it's all anonymous. It's all anonymous because that way no one can. I mean, if they want to listen through two hundred entries and find their own mix. That's up to them, but um, it's all anonymous so that that way people vote with their ears. And the winners actually get something real, like m- monitors or headphones or a gift certificate for Sweetwater's shit like that. Um, but then the thing is that at the end of the month, we do a live stream mix where one of us mixes the tune, uh, and we rotate it, myself, Joey, and Joel. And during this live stream, we also answer a bunch of questions and so for people who are subscribed this is pretty enlightening because they've had the tracks to work with for an entire month and so they're very familiar with it you know they've entered them into a mix competition and they've been working on it for a while so when they see us mix it it's not like seeing us mix something that they're not familiar with Uh, Mm -hmm. they're intimately familiar with this and so I feel like that that uh that's got a lot more potential to help enlighten people as to how to go about things. Plus it solves the problem for a lot of people who don't have clients yet um, or who have really bad clients. Uh, they have a trouble putting together a portfolio or even having decent quality tracks to work with. That solves those problems. Um, right now there are a lot of places to get free audio from, free mixable audio, but you have no idea how to vet that stuff. It could just be some somebody who sucks recording a cover and putting it out online and how does <laughs> how is that any different than recording local bands that suck in your area it's not any different it's the same thing right. um so at least this is recorded well it's sanctioned by us um and you can actually find out if you're good or not like you're not you're not tr- um you're not limited by the quality of the tracks anymore you can actually focus on mixing
2: okay um, all right i get that
0: it's growing really really fast too uh, people love it so yeah there's that which is at NailTheMix.com. the
2: that, mix that, so, well hold on how so like you said it's growing really fast like tell tell me a little bit about the growth that you've seen in that
0: it's exponential um, oh, oh, okay all right well we uh, well I'm not allowed to say the numbers
2: oh but, I'm sorry I didn't I didn't I wasn't going for numbers I okay. just mean like I just I, I mean I know when I have when I have something that gets listened to a couple hundred times, I go oh, okay, cool. And then when I get something that listens, uh, you know, when I when I hit a thousand or something, I'm like, ah, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, and I don't want to talk about numbers. I just want to talk about like, what do you think drives? What do you think drives growth?
0: Okay, well, um, let me start by saying that we started this as a podcast, which still goes on. Right, like, we still do this every week. It's called the Joey Sturgis Forum Podcast. That's how it began. We right. always knew that we were going to expand the podcast but we wanted to start with a podcast and that's joey was
2: joey was talking about that he said this is becoming something that's almost bigger than a podcast but we kind of don't know what to call it
0: yet well we're already there um because you you spoke to joey a few months ago from what i understand true so yeah the and also by the time we started the podcast i had already done a bunch of creative lives which is what i'll talk about next and uh a bunch of my own boot camps, the Unstoppable Recording Machine boot camp, which is an in-person thing, where I take over a studio for four days or my own studio, and then Joey comes down for one of those, we get some sort of a artist that's good, like had like Trivium there before or Keith Marrow there before, and we go through forty hours of intense recording and mixing instruction, like real-world versions though, and okay. ten to fifteen people will show up. So I've been doing that for a few years, that and Creative Live, and so uh, when Joey and I joined forces, it kind of just made sense. Why don't we do a podcast? We're not doing that yet. Uh, we can start building up a subscriber base and then evolve it over time. Um, podcast uh, developed a small but super dedicated audience. Um, yeah, it wasn't. It's not huge, or it hasn't been huge, uh, but it's been really, really good. And somewhere along the line. I wanted to do this. I actually kind of wanted to do this before the podcast, but we decided to start with the podcast because we didn't want to uh, screw this up. We wanted to have experience running a subscription site and dealing with customers for a while before we actually launched a real service. Sure. Um,
2: totally different animal than a podcast. Yes,
0: exactly. None of us have experience with the subscription service or had Mm -hmm. it at that point in time, and we knew that the idea was good and that we didn't want it to be killed by our lack of experience so (laughs) we waited and uh the podcast kept on growing little by little each month um and that's hard to do on a subscription podcast that's uh that's premium you know uh most podcasts are free available on itunes or soundcloud or whatever through feeds we're we're not so ours isn't even technically a podcast but
2: right
0: (laughs) yeah but yeah our ours is subscription only and Mm so uh that does limit you to a smaller crowd, but a very dedicated one, like I said. And then we added Nail the Mix in November, which uh, we started as a beta and only opened it to subscribers of the podcast to see if they liked it, and they loved it, um, like fucking loved it. And so we decided to launch the beta in December for um, for anybody, and people have loved it. Like, it grew as many people joined Nail the Mix in December as had subscribed to our entire podcast since we started it. Um and that's already tripled uh since then. So it's kind of a, a different it's a different ball game for us now. And we're about to launch yet another expansion which is kinda going to fill in the holes of what Nail the Mix doesn't do. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're still working on expanding it for sure.
2: What can somebody?
0: Oh, oh sorry. So, so I got to answer your question. Still, I wanted to just give some some history on what it is and how it got there. So the growth yeah, dude, the growth has been exponential now versus a slow buildup before, and I think that's because we're giving our markets something that matches them way more than a podcast does. Uh, I mean, there are people who love. The podcast and love the topic, but there are a lot more people who want tracks to work with and who want uh, to watch us mix them and who want interaction with us about them.
2: Yeah, very cool.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's just message to market match, you know, product to market match.
2: Yep. I, I know my mentality, um, just a very, very quick background. Done small session recordings for absolutely nobody. You didn't. You, that ever did anything major, but try to record the drums here in my own basement with my own equipment. And no idea what I'm doing, and um, just try to do your best with it. But I know, I know that there's ten thousand. I can start with ten thousand videos, audio, uh, online, blah 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 blah, on how to record and how to get the best recording, but. Dude, if somebody can just show me, it would be so much easier because you kind of it, it kind of starts to go it kind of starts to go uh, white noise, so to speak. Where mm-hmm. here's here's what you, you have to sit through the um, let me set up who I am and why you should listen to me. and yeah. uh, the experience that I have, and I kind of feel like all right, how about I just fast forward to the dude that I know recorded on the thing that I liked already, and he's physically showing me how to do it. Okay, I just eliminated 80% of the stuff that I had to sit through to get to the point that I want to get to anyway. It's I'm, almost con- concentrated I'm, fruit juice, you know what I mean?
0: I know what you're saying. Um, it is tough. And I'm very, very lucky that I was the first guy to put out an audio course on Creative Live when the audio channel first started. And back then, the it was there weren't – I mean, there were still videos about this, but it wasn't like – in your face all the time like it is now and there weren't a bunch of amateurs making their own recording education videos which which make it even tougher Uh, so luckily I got going into this field before everyone was trying to do it and develop my own little following in it uh, which which helped and it's helped that I've done real records as well because credibility helps Um, now that nowadays it's a, it is a little bit different there are a lot more people thinking that this is going to be easy they think that it's on the internet and you can make money on the internet so why don't I just start doing some YouTube videos and monetize them and all that and they quickly realize that what, what, what? yeah they quickly realize that it's just a <laughs> lot of work and uh, it's not so easy to uh, actually deliver constant value to people who are looking for this um, we try to be an oasis online with everything that we do um, regarding recording education. Whether it's one of our creative live courses or our own stuff like Nail the Mix, like it doesn't matter. We just aim to provide an oasis. And with Nail the Mix, we've got a community going, which is subscriber only, which filters out a lot mm-hmm. of idiots and people who aren't serious. Sure. We got some really strict rules there, like no assholes are tolerated, and all the questions people pose to the group have to be constructive. And we have a way of going about this, and uh, people are very respectful to each other, and they love the group. And I'm, I'm curious. Can I interrupt there, yeah, or should go, I interrupt later?
2: I'm curious. How do you? How does one moderate no assholes? Like, like have you ever have you ever had to bounce somebody for for uh,
0: neglecting that rule? Once. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Once.
2: Good. That's pretty good pretty good ratio.
0: That well, look, if you set it up in a certain way and set the ground rules up front and oh. you conduct you conduct yourself and you conduct business in there in the way that you want it to be, then people will generally go along. Fair if up. you allow anything at first and then tighten up later, then people might not respect you for it. Right. So uh, it's not something that you can – it's a lot harder to uh, try to fix something into having – into a good community than to just start it right from the ground up. So we started it right from the beginning, and, uh, like, we are – we're hard about this stuff. Like, we will delete posts. We've got moderators now, thankfully, um, and – Posts get deleted that are not helpful to people, and uh, you know, if people start to get uppity, we calm it down immediately. Like, we don't tolerate that shit at all. Okay. Um, So, when people come to the community, they know that they can ask anything, and they're not going to get made fun of for it, and that people are going to actually try to help them, and they have a direct line to us and we'll try to help them too if we're available, um, which is a lot different than a lot of other communities where maybe there's some known and good people on there too, but it's also, there's also thousands of self promoters and people who don't know what they're doing and assholes giving you a bunch of bad information, uh, or trying to cut you down for asking a basic question. That's, we are the opposite of that. So very uh, good. Yeah. That's, so i feel like that has a lot to do also with why it's growing people the community is strong
2: you said the c word man community
0: yeah it's important mm-hmm. you, you need to do that online if you want to do well in my opinion uh-huh i agree I yeah totally. yeah because if there's no community there what do you have
2: you have commercials
0: that's right and, yeah, and I, people,
2: that tw- the only time they use Twitter is we have a new shirt, we have a new song, we have a new this. Buy this, buy that, buy that. But more white noise. Shut up. Stop. Delete. Block. I don't want to hear you anymore. But if you have if you have somebody that's actually like, yo, this dude cares. <laughs> he actually responds once in a while. Like like, I I totally get where he's coming from. I feel like I've had personal communication with him. You just keep going with it. I'm blown away how easy it is to keep to keep tabs with so many people um, just because you're being honest, you know?
0: Well, yeah. If you're not honest, you have to keep tabs on what you said. You sure do. (laughs) It's also, it's just better for us um, because people, look, people don't like being advertised to. Uh, So the people in our community, though, have already basically, by joining it, have said that they're okay with hearing what we've got in store, right? Sure, what, what, right? how we're evolving it and all that, so there's also that aspect to it that it limits how many people we annoy with advertising to only people who actually give a shit about what actually we're doing. Hear it. I mean, we do post stuff elsewhere, but um, at the very least, uh, we're concentrating on our community and building mm-hmm. that and, and all that, and we don't spam them constantly with stuff either. Most of the time, we're just in there helping. And, yeah. Uh, of course, we got to advertise. Though I mean, if people want us to keep this going and want us to be able to keep on making it better and really focus on it, well, there has to be money involved because yeah. uh, you know bills don't pay themselves.
2: Sure, it's the whole keep the lights on thing. Of course. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. I mean, we are trying to build good lives for ourselves too by uh, by helping other people. So yeah, there has to be money involved. There's yeah. no way otherwise.
2: Sure. It sounds, like you a, it sounds like you have a staff involved. Like this is me sitting here. I'm going to edit this. I'm going to add songs in. I'm going to do an intro. That's just me. I don't have to pay myself. You sound like you. You said you have people moderating the boards. You're involved with Joey. You have you have a staff involved. That's more mouths to feed. It's more lights you have to keep on. It's more people that need gas in their stupid car. You know. <laughs> well, it just
0: it just started as me, Joey, and Joel uh-huh. doing everything. Um, who's, now who's Joel? Joel Wanasek. Uh, he's. Joey's partner in Drum Forge, and he works with Joey on audio mixing, and okay. he's our third partner in Nail the Mix in the podcast. And he's one of the most amazing uh, recording engineer mixers I've ever met. Well, well, yeah, all
2: right. Could I have to talk to him later, then, huh?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's great. You you should have him on. He's very intelligent, and cool guy. I will. Yeah. Later, he, I gotta
2: space it out a little bit. I can't do too many. I can't do too many music nerd things in a row. You know what I mean.
0: I understand completely. <laughs> I yeah, saying. he he's awesome.
2: Good. All right. So I think about uh, ten minutes ago, you said, uh, and the second thing, and then we kind of went off on a caveat. Where 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 were you
0: going to take that? Were we talking about growth? Uh. uh <laughs> what, what what were we talking about <laughs> ten minutes huh. ago? I thought you
2: you said something about the first thing. Um, the first thing is this and that and everything, and then I
0: think I interrupted with a question. Oh and yeah, we were it, talking about growth. Um, okay, but I, I already said the second thing, which was the community. So number gotcha. one, okay, All right, number gotcha. one was we really worked on our uh, giving our market what they actually want, and uh, number two, we've really worked on having an awesome community. So yeah. when you have an awesome- well so when you're credible and you are giving people what they want and you have an awesome community, you're gonna grow yep the, and we knew that we could do that that's why we wanted to have some experience with running a subscription site first so that we didn't fuck it up. <laughs> you can definitely do things wrong yeah, and staff wise now we've got a video editor um a podcast editor, and uh two moderators, and a co- and one of them is a customer service rep so wow
1: I'm
0: not going to say that they get paid a ton of money because there's not a ton of money coming in but um, mm-hmm. they, they get paid so how much
2: money specifically would you say you've made I'm totally kidding
0: <laughs> <a> sh- <laughs> just kidding I know
1: Through broken channels with no stream.
2: So, um, when does, when does this,
0: uh, when does this happen?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm thinking through my notes here. I'm trying to sound like I know what the hell I'm talking about. I just can't remember the date that Brian set gun. Oh,
0: okay. Well, that's the creative live thing. That's the other thing I'm supposed to talk about. That
2: was the second thing then. That's what I was talking
0: about. Ah, okay, cool. All right. We're back. All right, cool. Yeah, we can talk about that too. So, um, do it. Creative Live is a very interesting company website. Uh, They are the first place where I ever did any online um, hardcore recording education stuff. They were started by a pretty rock star photographer named Chase Jarvis and a few of his badass friends. And it was basically the premise was do live events where badasses with good reputations teach you how things are really done so start as a photography thing then they got some like business gurus and not
2: a very catchy tagline though for them what's
0: the, that it's not a, the, the, the one you just said well I don't know what their actual tagline is <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know what their tagline is I'm just saying what they do um, so people tune into these live streams and watch them for free uh, that's our. That's also cool. And if they want to own it on video on demand, or get the bonuses, then they can pay for it. Uh-huh. But if they just want to show up and watch it while it's happening, uh, they can and interact in the in the chat room and everything. So um, that's that's really cool. Um, and uh, so I was the first dude to do the audio thing, and have done mm-hmm. like seven of them since. Uh, and I've always wanted to get one in there that was way more expansive. Because, like, I've done, like, drum recording or mixing or songwriting or whatever. But I kind of wanted one that was, like, kind of holistic, almost.
2: Everything-ish.
0: Yeah, everything-ish. So I've been petitioning them for a couple of years to do this, actually. um, And I finally got it approved. And so the one that I'm doing is... uh, it's called Recording Metal with A.L. Levy and it's a boot camp style one meaning that the classes are over the course of four weeks
1: Yeah. and
0: it's myself and that band Monuments who are really fucking awesome Uh Um, and uh, we basically go from start to finish um, starting at pre-pro all the way through the finals final master mix every step of the way and uh, we've got a lot of badass people there too like I brought in The drum tech I always use on everything, who I think is the best I've ever met. And, you know, we explain how to tune drums in detail, like, everything. Um, We really try to leave no stone unturned. And, yeah, and it starts airing on March 7th. Uh, Um, I already recorded the Monuments recording parts in L.A., a mm-hmm. couple of weeks ago, because that part is pre-recorded, had to be because we're recording a real song. Uh, Take forever. Yeah, you can't actually show that live. It would it would? It's just not really feasible. Right. So um, that's kind of cut up over the next four weeks, and then the uh, the mixing part of it I'm doing there in Seattle at the Creative Live Studios. Right. Um. So if people want to sign up. They just go to creativelive.com/recording-metal-al-levy, which I'll give you a link to for you to post in your show notes, cool. and you can RSVP for free. So there's no reason not to.
2: Wow, check that out.
0: Yeah, it's it'll be cool.
2: at the, uh, I'm looking at the schedule. Live for an hour and a half pre-production.
0: Yes, so that'll be... Four
2: the... hours of drum selection and tuning, four hours of drum mic selection and placement, two hours of drum tracking and editing.
0: Too. <laughs> and the reason that it's Dude, only two try. hours, only reason it's two hours of drum tracking is because the drummer, and Sastry, is amazing. Uh, he actually nailed it within like three tries or four tries or something. So there's no reason to have it be longer. Plus, not much editing really needed to take place on his drums because he's great, so
2: let's talk about that a little bit i mean what what percentage hmm i did not think i'd be asking something like this but i'll i'll try i'll try to i'll try to hammer in this uh this round peg into a square hole um what percentage of this is performance like i mean
0: you're dealing with What what percentage of what is performance
2: the final product like the band's got to show up ready to ready to do their thing right i mean there's there's a lot of there's a lot of shitty music out there that producers have done perform miracles with which requires more time of the producer to sit there and twist knobs and make things work but how much how much of this have you noticed is the band just showing up and slaughtering it and almost making your job quote unquote easier so to speak
0: well the thing is that nowadays the lines of where your of your job description are very blurred, and okay. and that's happened by because of a lot of bands not being prepared, plus having no budget. Whereas in the past, uh, budgets were a little higher, and so if a band wasn't prepared, there was either more time for them to prepare on the spot or to bring in a session player. But nowadays, that's not quite as much of a reality. So that forces okay. producers yeah, forces producers to um, do what they've got to do. And the fact that producers will replace things like uh, play the guitar themselves or hire somebody else to sing the harmony vocals because a singer can or play the bass themselves goes to show that if it's that important that the producers will typically just replace shit that's not good enough, it goes to show how important it is. Uh, how important the actual playing is it's super important Um, you've got Mm. nothing without that in my opinion without the song itself and the playing of the song what do you have? like what are you mixing? you're just mixing silence otherwise Um, (laughs) and and anyone who's recorded a bunch and who's gotten to record great musicians knows that if a musician shows up prepared and they rule uh, you can actually just focus on doing your job which is a much better way to work. Um, sure, definitely. Your, yeah, your job is to capture them as well as possible, and to make sure the vision is fulfilled for the tracks. Your job is not to hold their hand and uh, teach them how to do what they should have known how to do when they came in. Um, though, if they can't do what they are, if they can't do their job, then you got to figure out a way around it. Um, and uh, and good producers will figure that out. But I definitely think that it's way easier when you're working with people that know what they're doing. It makes a huge, huge difference, man. interesting. It's all the difference.
2: I I, I guess I've thought about that before, but I never actually talked with anybody about it. I guess I always had the mentality, and maybe this is ignorant from the bottom looking up, but I've always had the mentality of, if the band sounds good, but the songs aren't good, that's not the engineer's fault, that's producer's fault. And if the, if the songs are good and the recording is kind of bad, well, us not the producer's fault,
0: that's the engineer's fault. Those lines are going away, huh? Well, unless you're there, you don't know what happened. So there's any number of reasons for why something is not up to par. Like, There's a million little decisions that go into making a record, and a lot of the end result is a product of cumulative decision-making. So okay. it's if you weren't there it's real hard to know what exactly is the is the problem unless it's just glaringly bad <laughs> like out of tune guitars all over the place well then you know that a uh the guitar player sucks and b either the producer didn't have the balls to step up and uh solve the problem mm-hmm. uh by any means necessary or the Guitarist in the band or whoever's running the ship in the band uh is deaf and an asshole, and it wasn't worth fixing, or you know that the guy who was mixing it had no choice but to work with those tracks like you never you never know man uh, well, lots yeah. of guys in the studio like we're just dealing with the hands that were dealt there's a lot of stuff that's not in our control, so you can't always uh you can't always judge in my opinion because you don't, you don't know what happened
2: very it's not funny it's very well it is it's very funny that you said that because i don't know if you listened to the uh the uh episode that i did with joey he said at the end of the day i'm a waiter yeah i, I do i do as i'm told and and sometimes i'm told make our album sound like that album okay and then everyone goes you're one trick pony no no i'm not i I delivered exactly
0: what the customer wanted. Another reason to just not pay attention to uh, to online opinions. <laughs> right. Because nobody knows what went down in making the record. Right. And uh, it's usually too complex to blame on any one person or to praise any one person. Right. Um, well, I mean, only,
2: only an asshole is going to go on and look at a resume like that and say, well, oh, the guy only knows how to do one thing. Dude, you are so powerful from your basement with your not real name. Shut up, man.
0: Well, you know, people just like to, people just like to bitch, you know.
2: Yeah, yeah. Circling all the way back around to when we started
1: talking.
0: You know, a lot of people bitch. that I've met who have said really mean things about me online who i have happened to meet have been total kiss asses in person. <laughs> Uh, Funny
2: how that works, right? (laughs) And I'm sure that
0: anybody who's listening to this who is in a popular band or just has a following of some sort uh, knows what I'm talking about. That The moment you actually talk to one of these haters, uh, most of the time they're going to turn into ass kissers. It's, It's very strange.
2: It's not that strange. They have to because their courage only comes from the anonymity.
0: Yeah, maybe now,
2: so. Now that I have to stare you in the eyes and tell you that your band sucks, uh, I don't feel that way anymore. <laughs> yeah, you know, s- like, strange. Yeah, weird how that changed, right?
0: Yeah, weird how it's harder to hate when you're confronted with a real human being and not just a two-dimensional idea on the screen.
1: Yeah,
2: I like it. Good conversation.
0: When I was touring a lot with my band, um, what band's that? A band called Doth. Uh, we haven't toured in years, but um, we would tour with bands that weren't exactly in our genre, and where you wouldn't expect. You know, if you're one of these hardcore fans of metal, then you typically only like a subgenre and hate all the other subgenres. <laughs> and we didn't care. We we would just book with what was what we were booked on. Uh And it, you know, we didn't, we just took tours that we thought might make sense. Right. Um, and so we would be asked a lot of questions like, uh, you're cool, but, uh, how, what's it like touring with this pussy band or like all, you know, just being assholes. And it's like, well, you know, they're out here with us every single day. They're not home. They're busting ass. They're also trying to make it happen. They've got fans. Uh, they're cool guys. Uh, do maybe I don't listen to their music, but I'm not gonna feel that way about them. There's just a certain level of respect that you right. develop for people who are actually working at something and who are just other human beings doing the same thing you're doing. So I just I feel like people who are actually in the game don't really feel that way. It's it's one of those. It's just one of those uh, easy to do when there's no real life context for it. Right and also one, another thing is you could separate the people from their music um the you don't have to dislike people just because you don't like the music they make right yeah good point there's i don't understand why people have to have to put the two together um and maybe there's some types of music where you might not want to hang out with the people like an extreme white power band or something like a skinhead white power band okay you probably know what those guys are into because their music is part of a movement so you probably don't want to hang out in that movement okay makes sense but most music's not like that most music is just some sort of artistic expression somebody makes or it happens to be a band that they got lucky and got into or you know whatever they're or it's a band that they're in that happen to get signed, there's a bunch of different reasons for why someone is in a project or doing something, and it's not always so cut and dry, or yep. it's, and so if they're cool and they're working hard, um, they have some respect, and that's the way I see it.
2: Absolutely, that, that's, that's why I didn't want to paint myself into a corner and only talk to metal bands, because every single person that I'm going to get my hands on has a story, you can learn something from everybody, I guess is my point.
0: Yeah, I agree. And you could make friends. You Friends come from very strange places if you allow it. Sure. If you allow them to. If you allow it. That's the key. And oftentimes, friends that you meet through a subculture aren't real friends anyways. I've also learned that too. It, kind of the same way that they say that like – you know, if you're a pothead and you've got your pot friends, if you stop smoking pot, they won't be your. You're going to have to find new friends. So it's the so, same way with musical subcultures. If you have got your metal friends and like your your black metal friends, and you no longer want to be a part of that, right. <laughs> let's see if they still are your friends. Exactly. Uh, so I don't try to limit where my friends are going to come from. Like I actually would prefer that they are not a part of what I'm involved with professionally.
2: Those are not called friends. Those are called opportunists.
0: Some of them are friends. Some some are just contacts, some are friends. Like I said, I don't limit it. They can come from inside the industry as well. Right. I meant the
2: people that uh, sell you up the river as soon as you stop doing what they wanted.
0: Oh, yeah. Definitely meant those kinds too. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> March 7th, this all gets started and you can RSVP for free.
0: That is – Oh, yeah. That's right. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Um, Dude,
2: I, we're all over the place.
0: My 20-day-long my creative live course with monuments mm-hmm. – um, and since I already did the recording portion of it, of the song, I can tell you that it's fucking awesome. Uh, they're so okay. goddamn good, and uh, <laughs> the tracks sound great, and we cover tons of great topics. Uh, I don't know. It was It's so great working with a great band. I just have to say that. It's so much more enjoyable doing this when you're working with a band that knows what they're doing. Holy shit. That's Yeah,
2: like all the difference in the world, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Looking at
2: these look at these looking at try that again. Looking at these 20 days, can you tell me a favorite? Like what, what part do you really love sinking your teeth into?
0: Um out of all this stuff.
2: Don't say all of it, because it's all gonna be, result in an amazing album. But I mean what what part like do you really like going through the drum mic selection or is it kind of tedious? Or, or do you really excel at like I'm um, looking at day uh Monday the 28th mixing rhythm guitar and bass is that like your favorite like what 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 do you what do you peak and valley in this process
0: um well nobody said that this stuff had to be fun at all times and i think that any <laughs> anybody who thinks that every that a profession should be exciting and cool and fun at all times they're not going to last um the exciting and fun part is uh You know, booking the project, or when it all comes together, those kinds of things. And uh, you have to really learn to enjoy the process, even when it's tedious. Um, So I like it, um, without being too vague, I like it when we're working on something and we nail what we were going for. Sure. Uh, That's kind of what I enjoy. Um, Whether it is picking the right microphone for for a certain drum, or whether it is finally finding the right amp head for the rhythm guitar tracks or you know having a musician nail a take and it sounds amazing and we did a great job that's those are that's what i like and i like that throughout everything it could be when editing drums um fixing something and making it better i just like the process of getting things right and making them better and having something badass like i don't like any one of these things more than the other really okay better. um because it also depends on who you're working with. Um, like if a band has only a good guitarist and everybody else sucks, well, I'm probably going to enjoy <laughs> recording guitars in that band the most. If a band has stars in every category, like this band, they're going to enjoy the whole thing. And then it's more just about uh, getting the most out of the song because okay. you know, I'm trying to enjoy everything and really being happy that you're there. Um, so it just depends on what you're doing, man.
2: Gotcha. That's fair. So it's like it, it's kind of the arrival of all the little, like you said before. <clears throat> nobody knows. Nobody was there. There's a million decisions that that have to be made to make an album, and it's all those
0: along the way. It's those couple hundred decisions
2: that it took to get the ah moment for each part.
0: Yeah, I'll give you an example. Um, when we were getting guitar tone on this, we initially had these Mesa cabs and heads that Mesa graciously gave us and um we spent an entire day with some heads so dual rack and uh, another one and mesa cabs and we thought that the guitar tone was pretty good but man we sat there for so long and it just never got past pretty good like it just was just not there like it was okay but when we got back to the house we were staying in that night um I get creative live rented a house for me and the monuments, guys, so that okay. was cool when we got back to the house cool. we uh we were like, yeah, it's just a guitar tone like it's a guitar tone it's not special it's not monuments it's not like sick or anything. nobody's yeah. in love and I spent all night trying to get a block letter fifty one fifty and I located someone at three in the morning who brought the amp to me at eight in the morning, and I sat there for two hours with. Uh, John Brown the guitar player and we tried to dial a tone before the camera showed up and uh we dialed the tone actually in like the first 10 minutes and we were like fuck yeah this is this is it um we kept the Mesa caps but we put the 5150 through them um and uh you know that came together in about 10 minutes as a we sat there for two more hours checking if we were crazy or not. But di- <laughs> those ten minutes when it came together made the entire previous day worth it. Um, get it you know, Not getting there, trying hard, and uh, not having it be good enough, and then staying up all night to try to fix it, and then hearing it sound badass and make everybody happy, the- that's the kind of stuff I dig. And so I don't want to yeah. say I like any one of these things better than the other I just like when uh when your results match match with uh your expectation of reality you know
2: gotcha I do know that's that's a fair answer that's cool good to hear
0: yeah uh, then also I like to say that I make a point of that because a lot of people stop before something's great first of all a lot of people don't know how to listen to things so they don't know when when to stop and so go into analysis paralysis or too many tweaks. But at the same time, people don't know what's good enough a lot of the time and will not go the distance. Um, That's my problem. Yeah. You got, you got to know you. I'm I mean, the second one. Not go the distance. is your problem. Yeah, I'm,
2: I'm the guy that goes, yeah, it sounds good to me until yeah. you present something better. And then I'm like, yeah, that one sounds good. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the best, sounds
0: like well a lot of people don't and that's not their fault because Mm -hmm. if you've never been exposed to something like on a pro level or you've never been exposed to where the bar (laughs) actually is how would you know like there's no way for you to know
2: yeah my Um, drums don't sound like mastodon yet so they suck
0: (laughs) yeah well how would you know what went into it if you haven't actually been there so that's actually through nail the mix and through this creative live uh boot camp um it, that's one of the things that I hope people get from it. If they get nothing else, I hope what they get is an understanding of where the bar actually is. Like, If you want to get a good guitar tone, well, here, I'm going to show you how we do it. When I say it's in the hands, I mean it's in the fucking hands. And uh, it's not just some like crafty thing to say on the internet to not give you the secret settings that will unlock your guitar tone. It's the fucking truth. And uh, here you go, watch. Um, you guys love this guy's guitar tone. let's show you how we get it. Most of it has to do with uh, him being comfortable <laughs> and then then we uh try really hard to make stuff work and if not, we keep going and we keep going and keep going. but usually it's it's major decisions like do i is this the right head for this guitar player? No, okay, get a different head. Is this the right head um for this guitar player in this context and Uh, Usually, you'll know right away. You know, it's big things like that. Are we using the right guitar? Are we using the right guitarist? Are we using the right amp, the right cab? Like those kinds of things. It's typically not, um, is the mid knob at five or at six? You know, like it's usually not the little things like that. Most, I think 80% of your guitar tone is going to come from. You know those specific places, and that's the same with every other element of recording and so, yeah, what we try to show people is what a- what actually goes into it, like where you need to um where you need to actually spend your time um, because right. a lot of the times people just focus on the wrong shit, and we all have the same amount of time in life, you know, so mm-hmm. Some people get good and some people don't. And some people who are talented don't get good because they focus on the wrong things. And some people who aren't that talented get good because they focus on the right things. Right. So where you focus and how you focus has a lot more to do with how good you get than really anything else. So hopefully
2: I – li- I, like, I like that. I like what you're saying because I'm just uh, – there's people out there that are trying to do this as a career, people out there that have really good equipment, and then there's people out there that just have a simple – home studio and they're trying to get the best that they can out of it and you can come to my house right now i mean you can't because Atlanta, it's too far but if you were to come to my house right now you could look at my equipment my mics my cables and go all right huh the best we can possibly get out of this would be clickety clack clack twist twist turn that knob here put that to six instead of five all right there you go that's the best setup you can have and i go thank you and it is the best setup that i could possibly get out of my surroundings
0: and I learned. Nothing. Yeah, but then after that, once you've got that done, you still got to record music through it. And well, true, uh, true, true. Yeah, that. I mean, it doesn't matter to you know. Once that simple thing is done, like it's uh, your setup is maximized, then what? Like, if the people you record suck or you don't know what you're doing, <laughs> nothing will have changed.
2: Right. That's what I was saying. I, you can do all that, and they say, "There you go, Traff, Bye bye. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. I learned nothing. I didn't. I didn't get to that process. I don't." I don't understand. I might, I might even be able to. You know, it's like it's like uh, using the best equipment that you can get your hands on and not utilizing it correctly because I didn't. I didn't arrive at that. I didn't. Maybe there's maybe there is something in there that sounds better to me, and I didn't spend the time that it took to get there. I just want the answers. Just make this sound good. Here, waiter. Yeah. (laughs) Do this. You know.
0: Well, hey, if they're a client and they're not. Wanting to get good at mixing, that's okay for right. them to have those demands because that's, you know, they're hiring you for a reason. Sure. But uh, if you want to learn how to actually do this stuff um, and maybe have a career, you know, maybe you don't want to have a career. Maybe you just want to be good at it because uh, what you like doing on weekends and nights is your own music. Cool. Maybe you do want to turn it into a career. Cool right. too. But for whatever reason on earth that you might want to get better at it, it all starts with focusing on the right things and if you don't have someone tell you what those right things are you probably won't get very good unless you're a genius and not that many people are geniuses and so you shouldn't i think you shouldn't rely on some outlier and what he did because that outlier would have uh made it no matter what their situation was um more than likely and also you can't factor luck into your own story. There's always a luck involved with finding the right band at the right time when the collective consciousness of the audience was ready for that. you know that kind of stuff you can't predict that. you can't control that. That's got nothing to do with anything that you do. So you just have to focus on the right stuff and put your best foot forward and try to get better and have a good relationship with your clients. And uh, one of the things that doesn't exist like it used to for is mentorship. Uh, There used to be a much bigger tradition of mentorship in the studio. Mm -hmm. Uh, And now that that's kind of gone, there's very few places where people who are coming up can find out what the right things to focus on are. Right. So if you became an intern at an old studio in the the days when that was really a thing, like the big, mega-complex studios, and you were taught what to focus on
1: Mm, just by
0: being there. If you didn't, you'd get thrown out. (laughs) So, um, (laughs) you know people that your development was uh i'd say supercharged by having like a badass producer tell you don't worry about that worry about this those cool. kinds of things but if you're on your own man how are you gonna know that
2: yeah it's a good
0: point yeah when i say tone is in the hands if you've never recorded a great guitarist how are you gonna know what the fuck i mean by that
2: Yeah, and and that's the direction everything is going, isn't it? Isn't isn't a lot of this more in our hands because people are like spending a couple thousand
0: dollars and having a computer and an interface and microphones that are adequate to do it all themselves anyway? Yes, that's the direction it's going. So uh, since that's the direction it's going, and I don't think that's going to change directions, I feel like the best thing I can do for music is to help people who are going in that direction uh, (laughs) focus on the right shit. Um, because not only are there going to be more artists just doing entire records on their own for people who are established mixers and producers, they're going to be dealing with stuff that bands recorded on their own way more. Um, Mm -hmm. If you think it's a lot now, it's only going to increase. And so helping those people be at least competent enough to do a decent job only helps everybody. I like it. Yeah. Um,
2: it's uh, so Joey was talking about uh, keys of the castle, and uh, he named it keys of the castle, be- or keys of the kingdom. Oh no, it's keys of the
0: castle. We- keys of the
2: castle, and he-, he was like being snarky and sarcastic in naming it that because there were people saying, "Why would you be giving away? Why would why would you give away the recipe? Why would you do that?"
0: You yeah, know? that's actually uh, <laughs> that's uh, <laughs> that's actually what uh, someone, some detractor of mine, said. When I first started doing the creative live stuff, and so it's just kind of become a joke for us, right? Because uh, you know Gordon Ramsay can tell you what he does, and just because you follow some online his that you read and you watch a show, you're not going to make his dish. Your,
2: ch- your chicken don't taste like
0: this. <laughs> no, fuck exactly. no. Exactly. Fuck yep. no, it doesn't. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> so just because we let people see what we're doing doesn't mean that they're going to be able to do it like it still the takes work it takes years and years of work and that's we don't provide that Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we can't provide that that's uh that's on the individual we don't pretend like we provide that either um i know that some people might expect that out of us like they sign up and they're going to be better quickly or something (laughs) and uh you know you know there's always going to be that expectation from a few people but we try to make it really really clear that we're like yeah we're giving you keys to the castle but it's up to you if you want to walk in the door um you know this is how we do it and this is what we do but um and this is how we think that you will get better but you know whether you're going to actually take that and run with it that's that's not in our control we can't control what you do with this info right um, kind of like if someone goes to a business seminar some weekend and pays a thousand dollars to go to it and some authors show up and you know the, you learn a lot of cool info, you go back to work on Monday, your life has not changed, and uh some people might think that their life will change immediately, but it's not and some people go to those seminars and do become successful. It's months and months and years after that <laughs> that you know that success starts to manifest it's not an immediate thing ever in any part of life in my opinion
2: there's no such thing as easy money
0: (laughs) if you win the lottery well
2: all right you know what i meant
0: no money earned is easy in my opinion even if uh i think that a lot of uh, this just goes back to people shit talking like you know when people have earned a lot of money people like to uh shit talk and it's like yeah you have no idea what their life is actually like no idea what goes into that Um, so shut the hell up you would if you could do that you would do it too you know if you could make ten million dollars for being an actor I'm sure you would do it too yep I would
2: it's a good segue let's talk about your life a little bit
0: what life
1: (laughs) but I'm
2: what life? Uh, Associated acts, doth, arsis, misery index, opeth, Austrian death machine. Uh, you've been, you've been a little busy. You've been involved in some things that I think people would have heard of, but uh, you know what jumped out at me What's on that? your on your Wikipedia page? Your dad.
0: He jumped out at you.
2: Can we talk about your dad?
0: Yeah, he's a black belt. If he jumped out at you, he'd probably kick your ass. <laughs>
2: I did not know that. He definitely kicked my ass.
0: Yeah, he, he's he's brutal.
2: <laughs> Well-known conductor and is currently the music advisor to the Flemish Radio Orchestra. Well, that's outdated. Oh, um, of course, it is because it's Wikipedia.
0: Yeah, that was like three orchestras ago.
2: Three or, uh, principal guest conductor of the Isra- Israel Philharmonic Orchestra. Are you kidding me? That
0: I think I think he still got that gig. What what? What the hell
2: is your dad up to? What was it like growing up with a guy like that?
0: Well, I don't know how to say what was it like, because in the way that I don't know what it's like growing up with a normal person as a dad. Okay. So all I know sure. is you know all I know is what I know. Um, okay. But I feel like it probably had a lot of impact on me. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah so he's a genius um and like I said before there you don't meet that many of those in the world like just same way that a truly stupid person is rare um, a truly brilliant person is just as rare um, and uh but he happens to be one of those so okay um it's it's interesting having that in your uh you know in your home. Uh, raising you because I can't fathom. Well, he's got like perfect pitch and a photographic memory and speaks six languages and all what? this. Yeah, all this plays all these instruments and he memorizes everything he ever conducts. He memorizes it while watching TV and being on the phone um, because he has a photographic memory. He takes snapshots of 200 page scores of um, really complex pieces and and that's it, really. Um, and so, whoa, whoa, it's, whoa, whoa! Yeah, it's can look intense. At a
2: two hundred page score. and yeah. Just go.
0: Okay. Got it. Yeah, he's yeah, uh, wow. he's he's done he's done that in one night before, when he's had to like fill in for someone that got sick. Um, yeah, yeah, it's cra- It's 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 insane, man. Uh, no- normal people can't do that stuff. And the thing is, when I was growing up, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't know how crazy it was because I didn't know what other, you know, I didn't know anything else. Your dad
2: doesn't have a photographic memory and speaks six languages? (laughs) Yeah. uh,
0: Yeah, exactly. Your dad's not, I mean, it's not a point of judgment. It's just I do not know anything. No, no, no. So um, whatever standards he just happens to have for, you know, in his world view, Uh, I had to grow up with those, and so I think that it's given me a different set of standards or an understanding for what's possible that a lot of people don't have, Um, and I've just kind of learned that throughout my life, and that's why I've, uh, you know, when I meet people like Joey or something who's kind of got a very high uh, opinion of what you should be getting out of life i tend to gravitate towards people like that like when i find people like that i tend to try to work with them or know them or whatever because there's not that many people in the world who get it um okay so i think it it uh it did a lot for just showing me when when uh to when something is cool and when it's not good enough when you can do better um and how to, be, how to make unrealistic things realistic. Because wow. literally nothing I've ever done in my life that I've made a career is realistic. Um, I was always told it was unrealistic, but I never saw it that way because I grew up with a dad who was well-known for doing something in music. So mm-hmm. since I grew up that way, I never knew anything different. It didn't make sense. It didn't register to me when people said pursuing a career as a guitarist is totally unrealistic. You should have a fallback plan. Uh, it's, it's like, what the, what the fuck do you mean by fallback plan? Like, yeah. no, I'm going to make this work. Um, how am I not going to make it work? There's no choice. I'm going to make this work. Uh, you know, I just grew up with an understanding that all of that shit's possible.
2: a boy. That's, that's awesome because I've always told people the whole fallback plan thing, all it means is, well, you're, you're probably not – I don't really see it in you that you're serious enough to make it work because nobody ever tells the guy I'm going to go to I'm going to go to college and get an MBA. Okay, but you you better uh you better get an engineering degree too while you're in there. You need something to fall back on. Like no one ever says that.
0: Yeah, well, the thing is you only have so much time to focus on things and so much energy. And mm-hmm. if you want to get good at music, there's not many other you can't really devote yourself to too many other things It music takes your attention and it takes your uh, it takes your commitment and it takes a lot of the time in your life to get right. good at so if you want to be good enough to be competitive whether it's recording or playing or whatever mm-hmm. you have to put in the time and the work and that kind of that kind of clashes with the idea of a fallback plan Sure does. I made recording my fallback plan. So that way, um, one career fed the other. So it wasn't even really a fallback plan. My idea was use recording for my own music. So, and have one feed the other, use it to get contacts and to get, to be able to put my own music out easier so that I can work my way closer and closer to getting the band signed. Um, and that's kind of how it worked out. Uh, that way I, that made sense to me. That's not a fallback plan. It actually is one thing that feeds the other and the other thing that feeds the one thing, you know? Um gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So that that worked well. But fallback plan, I don't know. Nah, let's not talk about fallback plans. <laughs> <laughs> so where so where um
2: your your father's name is uh Yoel Yoel? Yo-El?
0: Yeah, uh, Yoel Levy.
2: Butchering your names. Um where did he lose you? <laughs>
0: He never lost me.
2: Where did a Philharmonic Orchestra uh photographic memory six language speaking man uh what wh- how did, how did you how did you get into metal?
0: How does anyone get into metal? They're pissed off about something. Okay? <laughs> Basically, right? Um right. it just felt good to listen to. He never had me as like he never controlled my opinion on anything. Gotcha. Uh, he wasn't into Yeah, I was just talking shit. Yeah, he wasn't into that kind of music when I got into it, so I had to hide it, but <laughs> but that's kinda how people used to get into it back then is by having to hide it. Um so you know, that's I was kinda no different than a lot of other people. Okay. Back then uh back then parents were actually very strict about that kind of stuff and there was no internet too, so they actually could control what you listened to a lot more than they can now. Uh-huh. So now they can ba- how can they really control it now they can't um so yeah i had to fight for listening to metal and for playing it and that made me want to do it more and uh so what was it i what don't know the,
2: what was the al- no i mean what was the uh what was the what was the album what was the song that made you go ooh i want i want to listen to more of that stuff uh,
0: It was just gradual shit like uh, okay you know you get into one thing and it's just not quite heavy enough like it started <laughs> with like The Beatles and The Doors when I was young and then that's not quite heavy enough and then you listen to the radio and you notice that the songs that you like the best are the ones that kind of have a heavier edge and then you find those bands but they kind of they just don't go far enough and then someone you know like somebody's cooler older brother happens to like stuff that does go a little bit further so then you check that out it's just a gradual process of just wanting because
2: Master of Puppets wasn't on the radio
0: (laughs) no exactly (laughs) so
2: you had to find a dude that knew a dude who had an older brother who had it yeah
0: yeah this stuff wasn't just readily apparent it wasn't just on your in your internet browser waiting to be discovered there were no internet browsers so um, you had to find it and how would a sheltered kid find it they'd have to first of all even know that they were looking for something in -hmm. my opinion so I just kind of Gravitated towards music that was heavier and heavier and heavier because it just kind of had this uh, this feeling I wanted to reach where lighter music didn't get there. Gotcha. Uh, that's the best I can put it. It just felt right. Sure um, enough. Yeah. So, I mean, I always loved orchestral music, though. I've gone back and forth from working on it, and uh, I still think it's great stuff. So he never really lost me
2: going pretty long here you good on time
0: yeah man whatever you want to do
2: just want to talk a little bit about uh you and getting started and the guitar and 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 doth and and we don't we don't have to i don't want to go a little while with that because we're already running pretty long but what do you want uh, to know what i want to know all right I'm scrolling through now let me look your your main i mean you've been you've played with it looks like you've played with numerous bands you have you've done like solos on recording and stuff like that but like your your band
0: was doth right correct is currently doth we never officially broke up but um just not doing much it's a five-year-long hiatus at this point like, gotcha, gotcha. I, I don't see us doing anything in the future but you never know hey, i yeah. mean i don't i don't see why i would but you know <laughs> never say never right yeah well, ozzy
2: retired four times didn't he i mean you know? yeah
0: yeah but I see why he would go back <laughs> I know. I know. I <laughs> yeah if I was him I would also go back to it I sure. don't but I just don't see why I would go back to where my band was at right I mean, who knows man who knows you never know but no I'm not planning on doing that or any other band okay yeah uh, there come kind of, I mean I'm I feel fortunate for For everything that we got to do Um, we got in right before all the deals were shitty and we got to experience the very tail end of the older music industry and that was really cool (laughs) glad I got to get that ride and it set me up for the future um, for my career I have now I don't know if it would have happened without that jump start and uh, yeah I mean tons of experiences that I wouldn't trade for the world through that so it's definitely a cool thing.
2: Misery Index, Arsis.
0: Yeah. Misery Index were the first signed band I ever recorded. Um, so yeah, that was a milestone for me. That was in two thousand and four. Um,
2: self released, right?
0: Yeah, they did a self released EP called uh, Descent. The
2: that would have been right before Ferret, right?
0: Uh, I don't know anything about Ferret.
2: I thought they were on Ferret.
0: Uh, maybe. <laughs> it's possible. If I'm wrong, I'm going to cut that part. No, I thought they were on relapse. I'm thinking of Misery Signals. Yes. Misery Index is... I'm going to cut
2: that out so I don't sound as stupid.
0: <laughs> okay. Misery Index is an offshoot from Dying Fetus. Uh, Dying Fetus, the legendary death metal band from Baltimore, had right. a lineup which was subsequently fired for whatever reason, and those guys were like, fuck it, we're starting a band. And uh, that's Mm. what Misery Index became. Um, And one of those guys happened to be the drummer in Doth, Kevin Talley. That's how I got in, in touch with them, was from knowing Kevin. I got in touch with Misery Index, and they were cool enough to record with me before anybody else did.
2: Look at that! I didn't know that. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a milestone. Yeah. August Burns Red... Well, Jason produced that, but uh I got to uh engineer. En- engineer on it and do some mixed notes, and it was that's a milestone for me because um that was the first time that I was trusted to do any mix notes
2: oh okay yeah, yeah. that's that's huge you yeah let yeah. go your, let go of your hands, and let you go out in the deep end, right
0: yeah, like the band got the mix now they've got some feedback and changes they want here. Uh-huh. Can you handle these changes? It's like, yes. Cool. Awesome. So, yeah, that, that was a big milestone.
2: This is a crazy list, man. Black Dahlia, Carnifex, Job for a Cowboy, Demon Hunter, White Chapel. Oof
0: contortionist motionless and white but i want to definitely reiterate that i didn't produce all that stuff like no
2: i understand i've had
0: different roles on every single one of those projects some have been major roles some have been supporting roles so i just don't want anyone to think that uh that i did stuff that i didn't do
2: but no uh, you didn't say anything i'm just i'm 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 talking Uh, yeah yeah So tell me, so let, let's, let's just scroll down to the bottom of the list then and tell me about this particular relationship with Monuments. Why would Monuments be the band that is chosen to, um, that we get such an intimate look under the hood?
0: Because they're the band, out of all the bands I've worked with, who uh, I would trust the most okay. to come in and be able to handle it as well as explain what's going on. Plus, okay. I really like them as people, and I really like their music. So, like, uh, out of all the bands I've recorded with, they kind of you can check off all those boxes. And the thing is, so when you're doing a creative live, it's not enough if you bring a band on. It's not enough that they're a good band because they're going to need to be able to be comfortable on camera and actually explain what's going on with you, or they're going to just be dead weight for the for the video, and that's not cool. So that right there eliminates lots of bands that I could have thought of that were just that are just badass bands. Gotcha.
2: Um, Okay. That's
0: interesting. So Monuments kind of are the entire package. Nice. Yeah, and I had done a creative live with one of them before. I had John Brown, the guitarist, on my songwriting wand. And so I already kind of knew what I was getting myself into by asking them. And I've recorded them before. And the i've recorded the vocalist um so i know i knew how that was and i did a one of my boot camps i had their drummer and i sastry at one of my boot camps so i kind of had experience with almost every member of the band so i, I knew what i was in store for
2: perfect storm kind of like it all just lined up yes got it very cool man march 7th is when this all starts and i'm gonna put some notes i'm gonna put <laughs> put some links in the show notes and um I can't thank you enough for coming on and talking about all that man. Spent you spent a good uh bit on here about an hour and a half.
0: So Yeah, um, my, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. My Yeah.
2: I uh, thanks again Brian for letting this happen and I'm going to make sure that uh going to make sure that we circle back around and speak to Joel.
0: Yeah, man. You should definitely yeah. speak to Joel.
2: Do the trifecta. Knock y'all out. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Thanks thank a lot, you. man. I appreciate it. I you're so
1: you
0: kinda need to ignore
1: love too. We love you. Take care. Bye bye.